Hello everyone, welcome to Job Jumpers. We are back. Your favorite podcast for people who jump from crappy job to crappy job is back. I am your host, Connor Mack. Uh, I've been away for a while. My life um, has totally fallen apart. So there was a period of upheaval where I had to sort things out. Uh, But now I think we can resume our uh, regularly scheduled programming. So hopefully from here on out, we'll get a job jumpers every week, every Monday. Um, If not, then whatever. But I'm going to try to make it back on a regular schedule. Um, For the first episode back, I'm super stoked to have Jacob from the Socialist Shelf podcast. Um, Yeah, he's he's a co-host on a podcast called The Socialist Shelf, which is a uh, kind of like a book club podcast where they read books, discuss them from a socialist perspective. So I highly recommend checking it out. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes, of course. Uh, But yeah, Jacob talks about his his, uh, experience, you know, doing jobs as a janitor at schools he's worked that that he's gone to um working for a church working as a researcher um and most interestingly in my opinion being a ghostwriter for a young adult series of novels which is crazy very 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 uh interesting thing to to do um and then talks about all of the great organizing work he has been doing recently Um, fighting for rent control and a lot more up in uh, Georgia. So that's very cool as well. Um, So yeah, without further ado, here's my chat with Jacob. Hello everybody, welcome to Job Jumpers. Today on the podcast, I'm super psyched to have my new pal, Jacob, on the podcast. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much for uh, for joining me and, and chatting with me. I know you're you're a busy guy. <laughs> no, no, no problem at all. I'm 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 uh, thrilled to be here. It's gonna be fun. And and uh, you know, for for those of you not in the know, um, Jacob is is uh, part of a, a cool newer podcast. I think you I think you launched uh, around the same time we launched mm-hmm. um, Job Jumpers. January, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the socialist shelf, and uh, that's you, right. You guys read books and and kind of you know I uh, you know leftist literature, but just all kinds of literature from kind of a socialist perspective. Is that more or less right? Yeah, novels specifically. Um, we say we like good fiction and changing the world. Those are sort of our two things. Nice. Um, and you know we we'll talk about whatever. We've we've had a lot of fun um, with some books we really hate, um, like with yeah. some. We've had some like evangelical literature. We actually huh. read a book that was written by James Patterson and Bill Clinton together. That was like just a real nightmare. Oh my god! Uh, a real nightmare of a book. And we've read some real, real brilliant stuff. We just talked about Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Oh um, yeah, and, yeah. Know, we've had talked about like Parable of the Cell or some real. So you know, runs the gambit on that. But yeah, I'm pretty new to the uh, podcasting game though. Not 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 been at it that long. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I it's it's tough cuz I I've been doing podcasting like off and on since I was like I don't know, like 15 years old or even earlier than that. Like like I remember the first time I I 
did a video podcast and got it in the like the iTunes podcast store and I was like so mm. blown away and it was just I mean it was just like the shittiest video that you can imagine I was just right. a little, little kid but uh but, I but then I missed the wave you, I I like missed the big podcast wave you know like yeah, you know, no, <laughs> like I was like I was doing this before you guys and and but whatever um yeah, it, it's it's like wild because like you look at like a few years ago like if you just had like a moderately successful like Twitter account, yeah, you really could have. You could launch a pretty, yeah, pretty decent sized podcast. It just kind of got in late, and also just Twitter is not exactly on the upswing at the moment. Oh, oh no, that, that's what I, that's what I was going to ask you. Actually, um, I forgot about that. Uh, the the question that's on everyone's mind today is: Is this the end of Twitter? Or or is is this the real, uh, you know, final death blow? It's hard to say because, like, personally, I've been mostly off Twitter for a few months now, even though I was, like, maybe the world's greatest Twitter addict at one point. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've gone through multiple, like, accounts, like, deleting accounts to try and go cold turkey, getting uh-huh. back on Twitter. It's a whole thing. None of the other none of the other apps ever did it to me. Never got into Reddit, never got into Instagram, TikTok, never even downloaded it. Mm. But Twitter just, you know, it, 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 it got me. But, uh especially since Elon took over. But even before that, I was like, it wasn't good for me. But it's like the quality of life has gone down significantly. I've stayed on to promote the podcast. But at this point, um, most of my podcast listeners are not my followers on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, either my account, my main account or of my podcast. It's just been mostly word of mouth. Um, just like, you know, even just talking to people and people talking to people and emails and stuff. Sure. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Um it's it's like a bummer. It would have been cool if it was you know a few years ago, but uh, you know maybe I'm outdated. But I just I don't think I'm going to be getting on TikTok. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, um, I feel old. I how old are you? I'm not old. I'm twenty. I'm about to be twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. I I'm twenty nine, and I feel like I am um, ancient. Yeah. Um, I I I forget if I said this on the podcast, but the other. Um, a couple weeks ago, I I was starting a new job as you know is is kind of my my thing you know yes, <laughs> if, you, do. If, you know if you don't know I I uh, jump jobs but um it it's it was a hotel position I'm working overnight at a hotel right now just mm. temporarily hopefully and uh, and I've been doing hotel shit for like way too long for for like a decade so yeah um the these like young kids like a 19 year old and 20 year old are like training me and I'm just like standing back and like watching them like fuck shit up and like they won't listen to mm-hmm. me or anything um and then they're like so how old are you and, and you know they're like you know I, I know you have experience so you might be like a little bit older than us so like what are you like 21 and I'm like mm-hmm. like no 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 I'm 29 I'm ancient. And then for the rest of the night, they were like, dude, I can't believe you're 30. I can't believe it. I'm like, no, no, I'm not 30. I'm not. Stop saying that. And then they wouldn't. They wouldn't stop saying uh, that. <laughs> so. I know I'm not old. It's just like sometimes I see like I, I feel like the Internet culture moves so quickly. Yeah. That like yeah. It, anything is outdated as soon as you learn it, especially if you're like me. And I, I, I try and, you know spend most of my time not online and it just like it, it the speed with which it moves is is remarkable uh it's not it's not a good thing it's bad no no not at all yeah and and i feel like um you know like i i kind of have a like a, a like hate relationship with tiktok like mm. i mean it's i wouldn't yeah. even go as far as saying i hate it like i i just 
I I, I kind of nothing it, but um, mm-hmm. like sometimes I I will scroll like you know TikTok, and I've made a few TikTok videos that haven't really gone anywhere. I just don't know. I just like don't know the format. I don't know like how to approach it. Like I I don't I don't know what works at all, and I don't think I'm yeah. I I, th- I think I'm just the uh, you know not not in the right um generation, and some you know millennials really take to it and do great work there but i just you know that's 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 not my bread and butter unfortunately sure i I, i've got some younger brothers that are really they've got a lot of followers on tiktok it's just um that it's their thing they're like uh i guess 19 or 20 um but you know it's it is what it is but you know if somebody listening to this happens to have a blue sky code i'll set up a social shelf on blue sky isn't it fucking nuts isn't it nuts that fucking uh like every zoomer is like a micro celebrity now mm-hmm. like it's crazy all of it's, them they're just like they have yeah. thousands of followers yeah there's gonna be some like you know in a few years some like literature about just like the generation that was ruined by fame when everybody yeah. was yeah but you I know, know i not and I, I don't mean that in like a sort of like you know, saying, oh, the ki- there's anything wrong with the kids. Like, if the kids are just responding to the conditions that they're raised in. They're yeah, of course. Doing their thing. I did my thing when I was young. I was on, you know, the forums that I was on, and Twitter was the thing that everyone was doing, and now TikTok's the thing people are doing. Um, that's what I would have been doing if that was what was big when I was, you know, a junior in high Absolutely, school. Absolutely, yeah. So, is what it is, and not... Not blaming anybody. It's just it's just weird. But it anyway, is, yeah. sorry not to derail you about like internet random internet stuff. But it is a weird it is a weird time to be like starting in the podcast game. But me and Joss just we love talking about books so much, and we were always you know we were always talking people's ears off about like this that and the other. And we're like oh, we ought to do this. It'd be fun. And and you know we've got about you know we've got we've got not a huge listenership, but you know we've um we've got you know good like sixty or so people who like listen fairly regularly yeah. so I, i'm i'm happy happy with that i always like try to remind myself i'm like maybe that's not a massive number but if you think about it like if 60 or something people are like listening to you talk for an hour in like normal day-to-day life you feel like hot sheds absolutely so, like, you know yeah no i mean it's you know things are so distorted on online um you know like uh, yeah that that's that that's incredible i mean i i'm kind of in the same boat with uh listenership i think we're we're pretty much in the same ballpark there um and i i just found that it's like all almost all avenues online right now are like siloed off mm-hmm. um like you know as far as like reach goes you know like yeah. Like you, it's, it's pretty much all pay to play. And, um, the, the ways you used to be able to kind of get out there and, um, you know, spread the word the, the, like that's gone, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's okay. I think we're in a time period where it's going to be a slower burn and, uh, you know, I kind of, maybe we have to use that to our benefit, you know? I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to kind of start off slow and, and kind of build and get better and then you know not kind of blow up massively and then uh yeah yeah so you know we'll see but i'm trying to do that but i might put up some like posters in like a coffee shop or something like that that's a great idea yeah i know i think i love i love our cover art so yeah no i i I think it's great i i gotta i want to revamp my cover art because mine was just crudely done very very fast and uh Mm. like by by myself so i gotta figure that out i want it to pop more you know yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. but but anyway um i'm on blue sky when i get an invite code 
hopefully I, I'll get a, a code soon. You know, I'll send it your way. So <laughs> would massively appreciate it. Um, but anyways, uh, this is Job Jumpers, a podcast about jobs, doing crappy jobs, wacky jobs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jacob, I think you do have, um, from what I've heard, you've, you've got kind of an interesting um, story. But, you know, before we jump into it, I, I uh, want to ask kind of the, the foundational question of this podcast that I ask everybody. And that's um, what... You know, people people always ask you what you do, and in in a lot of situations, they mean what do you do for a living? What do you do for work? And I I really hate that. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I, I th- that's the last thing I want to talk about with a stranger is what I do for right. for work. Um, so taking work out of the equation, what do you do, Jacob? Well, um, my thing that the, the really there's a couple things that I pride myself on one i'm an organizer um i spend a lot of time you know doing organizing work doing uh, activism in my community here in atlanta um and i'm very very proud of that and very proud of a lot of campaigns i've gotten to work on and we've got a lot of really cool stuff going in atlanta right now um so yeah um i'm I'm very proud of that and i am also a writer um i have written for money i'll talk about it it sucks um to like write when there's the the like the ghost writing world it just is it's not fun Mm. um but i am a writer by like um for pleasure i really do love to write um and you know if i could ever make money just like being a novelist that'd be great i I don't i don't you know mean that way but uh uh that's the the dream is not really that though the dream is more so just i want people to read what i'm writing um yeah i've written a few things here and there i don't have anything huge but i'm working on something i really like right now um and i'm very proud of that so those those two things and then i'm uh i'm a husband and i'm proud of that um you know i i'm i'm proud of that it's just me and sydney but i am uh proud of our relationship and um and i'm proud of being a friend i've got a lot of friends that i really love so those are the things that i would answer Um, and then if you ask me what i did I'm, i'm i'm a researcher i do i do research but that's that's what I do professionally, um, which okay, is yeah, so, much better than what I used to do. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not going to complain about my current job because I, I do, I do, it, it is, it is a solid, but I, I have worked some shit. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Damn. Yeah. I In mean, uh, that, that's, that's a great answer. No, I think, uh, you know, I think you, you should definitely take pride in all of those things. Um, and I'm, it's cool that you're kind of at a, a place now working, doing something that you, you don't despise um mm-hmm. and uh so you know I, I i i'm curious to hear your answer here i i think you might be a little bit different than um some of our other guests uh so would would you consider yourself a job jumper uh i consider myself an ex job jumper okay okay recovering um i i was absolutely a job jumper at one point and by the grace of god him no longer and, and, and hope not to have to be because I really do think I've got a place I can stay now, but it is not due to some skill I have. It is not due to some, it is due to complete luck. <laughs> like, and I, I really, there is no, I, people are like, how'd you get, I'm like, oh, man, I, my name got chosen out of a, a, a pile of paper. Like wow. I really, there is no other answer here. No, which yeah. is insane that that's the way it is, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And I think that's, that's great honesty i think a lot of people maybe are you know kind of in the 
position where where they have what they have due to a lot of luck and um mm-hmm. we don't want to admit that but um, yeah, i mean it's not that i haven't worked hard but of like course. most people work hard yeah <laughs> you know like when i worked at chili's everybody there worked hard yep you know yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't usually people. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's just kind of a universal truth. Like a lot of people in in poverty are are the hardest, some of the hardest workers, you know, and and so. No doubt. Um, but yeah, so let's let's kind of jump into your story, Jacob. I I uh, want to hear, um, you know, it, from you yourself, and and you know, I'll, I'll kind of interject here and there. We can talk about some some things you want to um chat about but uh but yeah you have the floor let's let's uh let's hear your story okay so work history would have to go back to um i definitely i started working when i was in i guess my first job i would have been in eighth grade um so many years ago um and that would be a part-time job working at the church slash school that I went to for uh, for school. Went to a private Christian school. Uh, was not a super nice private Christian school. It was kind of like a church that like allowed there to be a school there. If that <laughs> makes sense. Okay. Um, like class size of like twenty people. Um, like uh, like like twenty people in my grade. Um, that that's what I was doing, and and basically they needed they needed hands, and so I worked a lot there like doing janitorial stuff um which would like continue to be a trend because i did a lot of janitorial stuff for my next school i also worked at and then i ended up working for my college as well which oh is so it's interesting that was like a trend um yeah so everywhere i've gone to school since i was in eighth grade i've worked at which is interesting have, um, have you like seeked out those jobs or were they just like oh that guy looks like he wants a job here um i i um in I, I, the first one I didn't really seek out. I just like, I'm just like a big guy. And they were just like, we need somebody who can like move stuff. And they were just like, Hey, like, do you want to do this? And I was like, Oh, I need money. So yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, the, the, uh, but I did seek out, I did seek out the job at my college just because it was like my transportation situation wasn't great. And I was living on campus, but from the first two, it was more of a situation where it was like size and, uh, just I, I size and capacity, and obviously I'm already there um, a lot of the time, so it just kind of fell in. Yeah, fell into the positions. Um, I also worked. Um, I also worked on a farm for quite a while um, in eighth and ninth grade. Um, that was when I was living in Middle Tennessee. Did farm work, cared for chickens, you know, tending fields, that kind of thing. Um, really loved that. I mean, I genuinely, I, I. I had a great time doing that um uh you know uh i don't even remember what i got paid it might not have even been minimum wage but <laughs> in all honesty because it was not like an official you know like job it was just like a sure. lady who owned a massive farm would like get teenagers to work there <laughs> nice. um, but, it, but i would work there for long like i would work there long hours it was not like a uh it was not like an hour a day kind of thing yeah it wasn't wasn't uh, easy breezy no not at all um so after that I mean, yeah, high school, worked as a custodian um, on top of everything at my school, um, which I actually, like, was fun. I had keys to everywhere in the school. So, like, um, I say that, fun. Yeah, like, it, it, like, it sucked. It was custodial work, which, like, sucks. But, like, it was, like, not that – it was not that bad. 
um, all that considered. Like, I don't mind manual labor all that much. Um, as long as I, if I can have like an earbud in and I can be listening to a podcast or an audiobook, I can usually tune most things out. Absolutely. Um, but it's, you know, uh, that, that's not, um, you know, there's, it's, it's not a whole lot to say about that. It's just like a thing where it's like, I had, I was doing sports and I was doing school or whatever, but then just anytime I had free hours or whatever, I would just clock in and I'd do my work and it would be interesting. And it, there was a weird line that when you work and you work in, um, study in the same place especially as like a minor like it's a very strange dynamic and it's very strange that like everyone was fine with that i think yeah um but it seemed very normal to me when i was doing it when i was like you know 15 16 but um in hindsight it's like man like nobody say like you know this is kind of this is kind of weird yeah Um, like like does this uh break any labor laws i don't you know who knows yeah what what, so what possessed you to start working that that young i mean was it out of necessity um well yes and no my my family um my family's always you know my family was fine my dad was a uh, my dad was a teacher and a coach my mom um was a uh registered nurse um and uh, my, my mom wasn't working for a lot of my childhood, but it was like a situation where, um, yeah, a situation where I was, I was working when they, they didn't, we had everything like we needed, but there, there really wasn't anything extra. And sure. I knew there wasn't going to be any money. There just wasn't going to be any money for college, for mm. car, for mm. anything that like, like I needed on top of the basic necessities. And that's not a, uh, you know, my parents did, my parents worked hard and to this day they work very hard. They sure. Just, was what it was yeah. and so I, I knew like if i wanted any if i wanted you know to have a car if i wanted to have a laptop and i love to write if i wanted to have a laptop if i wanted to you know do anything beyond the basic necessities that i just i had to work for it i had to get that and um if i and uh so that was like you know a uh you know a thing i was able to and and, and you know we had some more difficult times especially when i was living in tennessee and i was able to you know help out with some family stuff and that was awesome um, I mean, it's not awesome that I had to, but it was like a good, like we were able to like, you know, work hard as a family together towards that. And it wasn't ideal, but you know, I, I, I did, I did what I, uh, was able to do, but yeah, yeah. so it wasn't out of like a, you know, I wasn't going to necessarily be like, you know, evicted or starved if I didn't work, but it was a situation where it was like, well, I want to be a writer. I want to go to college. Uh, I, I want to be able to go places and do things and stuff. I don't want to, you know, be, be stuck. And there was no real option if I didn't want to just sort of live at my parents' house after I graduated. Yeah, yeah. I had to be making money all through high school. No, totally makes sense. And I mean, it's it's impressive that you know you had kind of that that foresight in eighth grade or around that time because like I, I I couldn't picture myself, you know, with with that with with the foresight or motivation, you know, at that point. So uh, that yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, you know, it's a situation where, like, I definitely my 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 parents were honest with me, you know, and they were just like, "Hey, this is, you know, here's what we can give you, and here's what we can't give you." Yeah. So, like, it was like a very clearly demarcated line. So, I I, I give them credit for that. But um, I I it's again it's it's obviously says something weird about the world that that was like ne- necessary. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. that sixteen year olds can't just study um and be 16 year olds but uh you know i i i I did with what i you know i did what i could with what i had 
Yeah, no, but, um, I mean, I think that's that that definitely. I mean, probably uh, informs you know your your work ethic and like work history. Yeah. Go, you know, uh, going forward too. So that's yeah. It's interesting because cool. it like it, I have this capacity to do very hard work, but I also have like a part of me that like is very cynical about the whole thing because of that. You you know you know what I mean? Like absolutely. I, I'm I'm very capable of hard work, especially when I care about something. But, like, I also don't, in the way that some hard workers do, I just don't, like, buy the narrative about, like, oh, I'm going to, like, do all this through hard work. Like, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit that I've, like, managed to just because through being exposed to that, through, you know, living through, you know, um, you know, my family, you know, um, my parents working harder than anyone I know. And, 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 you know, sometimes being very difficult to make ends meet and stuff yeah. like that, just knowing yeah, how shit, no. I mean, we lost our house in 2000, in 2000, well, after the 2008 crisis, I think uh-huh. it was a year or two later, like, you know, like, and they did everything right. So like, I, it's like, uh, I, I'm like, you know, blessed to have that work ethic, but at the same time, I feel like I've been, I try and be savvy enough about like, you know, the work ethic isn't for, you know, that it's it's the work ethic is for me it's not for my employer you know what i mean absolutely like, yes yes that's it's, that's a it's huge my tool to use yeah yeah that, that's a great distinction to to make and to understand i mean um yeah i mean you you see firsthand the bullshit and the kind of promises that uh you know we we are sold as being yeah. americans as kids you know with the american dream and you can be anything you want to be and blah 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 hard work and all that and then yeah when it when it still isn't enough you're like well i was promised this and 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 it's like that like i was lied to um and yeah i you you kind of see early on how how uh you're just kind of taken advantage of instead of rewarded for your for your effort yeah and and the my, my my part of my story that's like I consider the real bullshit is is a little later and that's the real taking advantage of period because um, as because you know like I said I don't really mind the manual labor and and, and when I moved into college um, you know I was studying English in college uh, studying English with a writing concentration I did graduate I went to a George College a State University in Milledgeville nice. go Bobcats. <laughs> um, and um, I worked there for um, basically it was uh, it was it was floated as sort of a security position, which was going to be like like night shifts at the library. OK. Right? Um, and it ended up being more along the lines of um, we drove like golf carts around the campus <laughs> and we would give rides to people who needed rides. It was a kind of a security thing, as in it made the campus more secure. OK. Um it's actually a great program. Um, it was like super, super helpful, especially for like getting people back to their dorms late at night and helping people, especially if they'd had too much to drink. Is it that um, thing where, where like they, there's like these little like, like stands outside on the, on campus and they push a button and that signals you or do they call a number. Cause, cause campus and they have like, they, they, they have like a little thing where you push a button, I think. We ought to have had that. We didn't, but um, I, I've seen that other campuses do that before. Because I know, like, I think Auburn has something like that. I was told, but we had an app and we had a number. Um, but it was like good, and it was like it was, it was. I mean, like, I can blame it for my sleep schedule because I'd be out there till three a.m. And then, and I did do some library shifts, like 
20 when that library was 24 hours like staying working from 8 p.m to 8 a.m or whatever that was great homework time um so i did a lot of that and that's honestly like i had i loved doing that um i loved just talking to people driving around and stuff like that yeah again it's like weird it's like there's a weird dynamic when college students are working for the college they're going to like there's something weird to like maybe that can be inquired into but it was like socially useful work Mm -hmm. um and and there's something to that you know it was like work that i'm like okay i see the positive benefit of why i'm doing this which is um a lot of the jobs that i worked immediately after college was was very different um and and that's probably the reason that i honestly didn't have as much of a problem with manual labor as well is a lot of it was like okay you know even if this is stupid there was trash on the floor. I picked it up. Now there's not trash on the floor. Like there feels like a, there's a cause and effect. Like someone is not dealing with that. Like, yeah, you're making a the, difference. That's tangible. Yeah. The tangibility of it. I'm not just like moving money around for some guy that yeah. doesn't know who I am. Um, so yeah, the, the, and then in college and, uh, unfortunately that program closed down in 2020, which in my last, my last year of college was the 2020, 2021 school year, because obviously COVID hit. Oh geez. Um, so the, they they closed down. I mean, the campus was closed down, so they closed down the the program. I mean, it makes sense, but it was uh, frustrating, and I couldn't get because I was still a full time student. I couldn't get any unemployment money, which was very frustrating. That's um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and I applied, and we all got turned down. Everybody. Um, we actually had a whole. It is, you'll find this interesting. There was like a bit of a a labor struggle, maybe as a, a a extreme way of putting it. But in the aftermath of that, there was a lot of student workers who were like, you know, fucked over. Um, because we yeah. weren't the only ones. There were student workers in the dining hall, or student workers who were like CAs in the dorms, you know. And I was like, well, something's got to be done about this. And so we were telling the school that they needed to, like, if nothing else, pay like wages to the students that they would have received or some percentage of what they would have received for the rest of that semester after they closed down, which was like a pretty like moderate demand. Um, it was like because they closed down the campus, they like had surplus capital to do it with. Um, I mean, the budget was there and there was a lot of students that the school knew couldn't get federal assistance. Most of them are dependent. So they weren't even going to get those like the stimulus checks. I mean, I didn't get the stimulus checks mm-hmm. um, because they're still like filed as dependents, whether or not they are actually living on their parents dying, which a lot of people weren't. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we that actually, was a big problem. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually had a bit of a, a labor struggle in the sense that like I had to, um, we I, I, we had to organize like a call-in campaign and we really like the office was really trying to give us the runaround and we were over and over just slamming them over and over and it finally got to the point where like we started threatening to form a workers union and they gave us everything when we we threatened that which nice. was awesome they gave us and i tried to push and form it anyway and unfortunately a lot of folks once they kind of got the money sort of dispersed i get it it is what it is it's not a job that they plan on staying at but it was cool to see how like scared they got that like the students were going to organize. And uh, that was like the first time I'd ever been part of anything, like a labor struggle of any type. Uh Um, And that was like really encouraging to me. Yeah. You're like, Oh, this actually works. Yeah. Yeah. Worked really quickly. Yeah. That's awesome. And Um, uh, and, and that kind of maybe inspired you, pushed you to, to do that more outside of the education realm. No doubt. You know, I always, that, that my politics were already there just to count of like where I, came from but like like or like where i like like my my own experiences but that was like me seeing it in action and there is like a tangible difference in that um and so then let's see next 
I move on to um, next. I move on to service work, uh, like in restaurants and stuff. I had already, I had already done some like Pizza Hut delivery driving over the summer. I start working for the rest for the rest of like 2020 and 2021. I do Domino's delivery driving. Really bad time to do that. Just people were absolutely terrible during like you know lockdowns. Um, I can imagine. They, yeah, they were real real shitheads. I mean, like. The amount of people got mad at me for wearing a mask, um, which is like crazy. Like, just like I'm I'm wearing a mask. Like, it was literally Domino's policy. Like, it's not even wasn't even a personal decision. Like, I would have because it was like the early days of COVID. Sure, yeah, no vaccines or anything. But like, but it's wild. Like, people yell at me. Like, I literally got spit on by a guy. Like, insane. Just delivering people their pizza. it, it, It was a really my my favorite story from those days was a lady. Who I deliver her uh, Domino's thin crust pizza, right? And mm. she says, just straight up, she looks at her pizza and she says verbatim, she goes, "My pizza is too thin." Uh. And I'm like, "You did I?" And I thought, "Oh, she wasn't. She didn't order a thin crust." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did you order a normal pizza?" And she goes, "No, I ordered a thin crust pizza. I didn't want it to be thin, thin." What? And I'm like, "You wanted it to be Brooklyn style? Like, did did what? What? Do you, what do you? And she's like, "No, I wanted it to be a thin crust pizza. I'm just telling you that this is thin." What the I'm fuck? like, well, they they come out of a box, right? Like we don't make these. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. We come out of a box. We put them on a line. It takes like ten minutes. Like yeah, you do know all the Domino's, same. right? Crust pizza yeah, exactly. It, it, Domino's, yeah. Everything crust pizza you've ever had from us is identical. Like I'm just telling you. That. Yeah. There's no there's no special sauce. There's no anything. They the commercials will be like you know handmade. It's handmade in the sense that I picked it up and I put it on the oven. Like, <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is yeah. the same pizza. And we literally, there was a situation where like she was demanding, she was like threatening, like threatening me, like whatever, like this pizza, like it was like an almost Seinfeld. And I eventually just like left, and, you know, yeah. no tip, very frustrating. But like, it was funny in hindsight because it's like the th- it just like the semantics of it were very silly. But it was just like a a time where people were very scared and very like mad that they couldn't do their normal thing, where they just like go into like I don't know, like an Olive Garden and act like a petty tyrant for an hour. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. And they took it out on me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, they they uh, they were lashing out. Um, yeah, wildly because because I think I think you're right, 100. percent They were scared and uh, didn't know what to do and had, had a lot of pent up frustration. And I mean, I I definitely uh, dealt with my my fair share of that. You know, I worked at a hotel throughout the entire uh, you know pandemic year. Um, and it was yeah, fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, let's see. So yeah, I continued doing that, and you know, it was what it was. Um, I ended up transitioning to also uh, washing dishes at Chili's, and this time I, I was getting close to graduating college. Um, um, you know, just in the home stretch, um, and. Uh, so I was doing both for a while, and I just transitioned full time to washing dishes at Chili's. That was a fine enough job. Um, I didn't get paid shit there, but you know, it was like a situation where like people kind of let me mind like do my thing. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't have like a lot of oversight, and like that was fine. Um, Ch- Chili's was another situation where it was just like very. It was it was a weird dynamic because it was still like you know that that was like 2021 when I was working there and we you know we were more open back up but it was still like it was like back and forth and our cat staff was getting COVID all the time and the bosses were all the time just like 
acting like they were making it up or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, which was like very frustrating. Like, I mean, like not at Chili's, but I had a coworker um, when I was doing delivery driving who literally died of COVID. And like, Jesus. like it, you know, like that this, this happened to a lot of people. And like, um, and they were very. It, it was like a very frustrating situation. But you know, I, I got through that. I continued to work at Chili's for a long time, even after I graduated college. Um, but I, I, I also was like, okay, well, I'm going to get a quote unquote like you know big boy job now and the idea of like, I'm going to use my college degree. Um, and the thing is I got an English degree because like I had some weird, like half formed idea when I was like 17 that I was going to be like, I don't know, like a, like a, like a Hollywood writer or something. Uh Like a thing that I just had no interest in after being in the college for like a year. (laughs) That's what I I was there for, you know? Um, so, so I go to, um, so, so I go to just like start, I, I was originally going to go to grad school and I was like, I don't, I don't really want to do this. I'm just like trying to do something else. So I, I, I eventually, um, I eventually just like start like landing on that. And this is like really my, my job jumper esque period where for like a couple years where I was just like jumping from thing to thing, doing just the most bullshit freelance in the world. Okay. Um, and it was just like, and, and, and let's see, I, I was like, and I, I got in like, so I was doing stuff through, you, you familiar with Upwork? Um, yeah, I've heard of it. Is it it's, it's like a kind of a gig work uh, yeah, website. Yeah, like website. Yeah. So I like started on there just like writing things for just like very, very cheap, trying to build my like, oh, some advertising copy. Oh, uh, here's like, I helped someone do like the manual for like a, for like a, a like instructions for like a toy or whatever. Like I, I helped you know, flesh out, like edit, like the rules for a board game, like that this guy was launching, like very small things for very small amount of money. A lot of like a lot of very tedious work, but then it got me into like some circles where I found like more expansive gig work. Um, so for a minute there, I was, uh, I was like a gig employee of, um, of a bank. And I was like answering phone calls for like this bank from my, from my, like my apartment. Um, and like, I didn't have any like benefits or anything. They were just like paying me by the hour to like answer phone calls for them. Was that through Upwork? Um, I met somebody through Upwork who like set me up with it because like there's a lot of people who just like know each other and those like, gotcha. Okay. And and so you were just doing like a remote customer service thing. Yeah. And then like through that, like different people were like connecting me to different different things like that was terrible and they were like being weird about paying me and then i was literally getting married and they said they didn't we weren't gonna let me off to get married like insane for my wedding even though i let them know a month ahead of time i was like i'm literally getting married it's gonna be i want four days off for my literal wedding (laughs) um and and they were like no no can do you're gonna have to decide whether you take this job seriously or not i'm like this job where you're paying me 11 dollars an hour and 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 uh you know, I've never seen anyone's face or like, no, what do you mean? Am I taking it seriously? Or how do they even rationalize that? Like, how, I don't understand how those words can come out of their mouths. I guess it's just like, it, it's hard for me to imagine someone would say that like face to face. But like, I just guess over a computer, just like typing over like whatever, just sending yeah. out messages. Yeah. I guess it's just decent. Hell, I don't know. Maybe I was talking to an AI. I don't, I, I literally <laughs> don't know. I never saw anyone's face, you know? Crazy. Um, and, and so I, I did that and then I was, uh, there was a, there was like, and I, I mean, I really needed money, especially after the wedding and I was trying to make rent and everything. Um, 
and there was like a solar company that that like told me like promised you know that that was like i was doing calls for and i was like doing calls on their behalf um like trying to get people to get solar in their houses and and it just a lot of uh and, you know, and i was just like the most annoying you know it's like you know working as the most annoying person in the world which is like the guy who calls you and like offers you whatever but like they mm. were like offering a little bit of money so i did that and then i was also like at the same time i took another position uh working with this like this like small like marketing like the small marketing thing where they try and like get sell like they call people who've just moved into homes and try and sell them like tv plans so i was also doing that um so i was doing a lot of sales i absolutely hated sales but i couldn't find any other like work um and and the chilies the chilies i was working i was only paying me ten dollars an hour so i would work there at nights and then during the days like make these like calls i was just like trying to make enough money to like just get anything you know like just to like just like have a little bit of breathing room because like I was paying my rent late, like every month. And, uh, you know, I was just gotten married yeah. and, um, you know, my husband, Sydney was like washing dishes as well at a different restaurant and getting mm. paid, like not much more than I was. Um, and it was just like the same. It was like, it wasn't great. And like, um, and my car was like, it worked, but like, I knew it didn't have many more miles left on it. So yeah. like, I, it, it, and I was like, I, I didn't, and I was like still living in the town I went to college in. And like a lot of my friends had left. It was like a very tense situation. So I'm like, I'm doing that. And I'm like doing freelance writing where I can. And like, I'm working a lot of hours for like almost nothing. And I keep running across like freelance scam artists and like people who try and get work for nothing. And like every single job on these like freelancing sites are like, you have to like vet a million times over that. They're not just like trying to steal your information or get work for free. Sure. Um, I finally landed this gig doing, um, what's it called? Doing, um, ghostwriting, um, uh, YA novel series. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. This is, this is fascinating to me. Yeah. And I ghost wrote a YA novel series and I think it's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's called the white fork chronicles. Uh, you can get it. It's, it's out there. Um, you know, and, uh, I mean, my name's not on the book. I, I have no credit and I got paid, I think it was like $150 a book. Wow. Um, and, and these were 15,000 pages or 15,000 words. Um, so like, and they represent, say they represented like a real time investment. And I was like in such a bad place. I was like, I'll, I literally was just like, yeah, I'll take whatever money you give me as long as you pay me out front. All right. Damn. Like I just had to make rent. Like I just didn't have. A yeah. Choice. Yeah. No, I mean that, um, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's so like, what was that? process like they're just did they give you a template or something like a like a plot outline or are they just like okay make you know have just you know give it give it your all you know whatever you want to do it's all it's it's up to you i was told the the entirety of what i was given was cozy ya mystery small town light romance and that's it everything else was me <laughs> nice um and, and and when I would talk with like the lady who was like running the little publishing house, she would talk about like our project that we came up with together. And it's like, <sighs> okay, sure. I, I you you came up with the concept of cozy YA mystery, light romance, small town, and I did literally everything. Yeah, else. that's hilarious. You know, trying to say it's a, it's some collaborative effort. 
And and then I would like turn in the the scripts, and then she would be like, "This doesn't make sense because you didn't explain the plot." And then I would show her, and then it turned out like she wasn't even reading the books; she was just <laughs> complaining about them. Oh my god! Like she was like, "Okay, I didn't actually read it, but it seemed like you didn't explain it when I skimmed it." And I was like, "Well, it's a real, it's a mystery, so there's going to be some misdirections because oh it wouldn't god. be." It, it, it was like wild, and then she would like ask questions like. Just, just the most absurd stuff. And, you know, there's these books out there that, like, I don't know how much money she's made on them or not made on them. And I, I hope people enjoy them. Wow. Um, so you but, have no idea, like, how they did or? I never, she didn't even, like, tell me when she, like, put them out on, like, the store and put them out. Wow. Like, I didn't even get an email. She told me she would. But, like, one day I just, like, Google it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, these books are out. That's cool. crazy. Didn't even, didn't even shoot me an email, much less, you know. Give me any credit or anything. Um, I certainly it's and then like was very like tried to like hire me again and then and then like I was like I just I really can't do this again. Like I just I'll I'll figure something else, but like I can't like I can't work for such a low rate. And then she like made a whole thing of she's like oh, I was paying you a lot of money, and I was like you're paying me like I don't even know what's a hundred what's one hundred and fifty dollars for fifteen thousand words. Not a lot. No, um, I mean you know, break it down hourly too, and it's like I'm I'm sure it's, it's a lot of time. It's a pitiful. whole concept. Yes, yeah, of course. And 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 I and I like you know I took pride in it. I think they're pretty good. Uh, they're not masterpieces, but I think I did a good job with them. Um, and it's like difficult, you know, like because like writing is what I love to do, and it just felt like such a like a bastardization of it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe not the writing process itself, but the just the lack of like connection to it and the lack of appreciation. And, you know, how little money I was getting, it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I would happily publish something um, online for no money. I've done it before. But it just, like, the whole feel, it just felt so, like, weird and exploitative. And it just, and and that was happening. And then at the same time, I get hired to, um, by another freelance group, they're hiring me to try and, like, sell magazine ads. So I'm literally, like, going to businesses in my area. Um like asking if they want to take out magazine ads. Um, it, it was just like such as, and I've just like felt like such a, like, I, I just felt like so scummy. Like, I just like, I, and I wasn't like lying to anyone. I don't mean like I was a con artist. I just felt like all I was doing was like, I was like calling people and like writing up just like random bullshit and, um, and like just knocking doors and asking if people wanted to buy ads. And I was like, is this really like, this is what I went to college for. This is what I worked from when I was in eighth grade to like get to like this, this is, yeah. this is fucking it, man. For real, that's yeah. No, I, and, I, I can imagine it feels like, what well, you know, is it all worth it? Yeah. And so, um, little time passes and I, I guess I get what, like, I mean, to call it a break is like a little, a little relative is a little weird, but like, I get, I get like, I land like a full time freelance position. Um, with a company that I cannot legally disclose the name of. Okay. But, but it is, if you look up corporate compliance firms, it's, it's like, there's only a couple big ones. <laughs> All right, um, okay. And it's one of them. They're worth millions, tens of millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of millions, massive company. Jeez. Um, international offices in Japan, offices in South Korea. You can narrow it down from there. Um, but, um, I, I get a job with them. Um, and basically the official position is research analyst. And what they need me to do is in, in, in basically a corporate compliance firm is they 
get hired by stockholders uh, in large companies, stockholders and people interested in investigating large companies to just like break down like their business practices. That's that could be anything. That could be like environmental, like environmental practices. That could be sustainability. That could be internal work dynamics. That could be are they spending money wisely? That could be how much they're paying executives. Literally, it could be anything. Okay. Um, and I'm like, okay, research, whatever. And again, it was steady work. Not a lot of money. It was hourly, but it was like I knew how much I would be getting every week. And like it was enough to make my rent. And I was like, shit, like I got, I gotta, I gotta take this, you know? Um, and, and, and if I was in the situation I was in, then I would still take the job, like to be clear. But yeah. it was like, okay, between this and between doing some chilies, I can like, I can make it, I can swing it. And they, in, in, and the crazy thing is when they hired me, they like, they were like, and by the way, once you finish this, you're like your period of being a freelancer, we will hire you full time to a salary position. Like they were like, they were like, listen, everybody, all our salary positions gets hired from your job. Like we need tired. They were like, I'm telling you by summer, we're going to need to hire tons of people. We're going to need to hire so many people. Um, they're like, you're 100%. You're a shoe in. You're like, you're, you're the perfect fit. You know, they, they taught me up and I was like, okay. Like I, I knew that was maybe not true, but I was still like, okay, that's encouraging that I could have sure. a salary job making uh, decent money. Yeah. Um, doing something that like, maybe not exciting, but like, it's not just like completely, you know, it's not knocking on doors and like asking for people to buy, you know, magazine ads. Um, so my job was literally all day, every day. And this is, is, is just wild. And it, it, it blows me away that I was able to do this was I would go through, uh, do you know what like a deaf 14, a report is? I do not know. Okay. Yeah. Um, count yourself lucky. Uh, <laughs> deaf 14, a report is essentially a report. A, a, a uh, required report from a corporation over a certain size that they are required to give to their stockholders uh, disclosing uh, pay practices at the company, right? Okay. Um, and I could go into how the def 14A reports companies are really able to lie on them about their pay practices, especially like internationally. But for the for the sake of like, you know, the point, it shows how much everyone's getting. It shows how much executives are getting paid, how much the board is getting paid. And how much the median worker makes. Um, they really like the, the way they cook the books on how, what a median worker makes is absurd. But, you know, um, anyway, so my job was literally to go through def 14A reports all day, every day of massive corporations um, and, and, and they're like shell companies and stuff. Uh, read over the board, read over the, um, you know, the C-level position, CEO, CFO, mm -hmm. all that, and just report how much money each of them are making and how much uh in what like how much they're making in stock how much they're making in bonds how much they're making in uh in like their retirement like their general like their pay plans yeah and i was just all day every day writing about like just these guys who make tens of millions of dollars and it was just name after name after name next to just massive amounts of money oh my god and that was it it that's all I did for Jesus. months and months and months and months. Uh, and and it, there was nothing more to it than that. And it was like, and then here's what really blew me away. I start to see the same names showing up over and over and over at different companies on different boards. Wow. Um, and I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like the guys that are on the board of like this electric company are also on the board of this electric company. The dudes who are on the board of like, you know, 
um, the dudes who are on the board or in the C-level positions at this housing firm are also at the other housing firms. Um, and then I was like, oh, like it's even like smaller than I thought, like the people who run things. Yeah. Um, and I was like, how is this like, and, 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 you know, and then I, through personal study, learned a lot about how people dodge monopoly law. And there's a whole, that's a whole like different rabbit hole. But I, and then I learned, oh shit, like how many corporations are like low key owned by other corporations and like how few actual big companies there actually are. Yeah. Um, yeah. like, and how like they're spider webbed together and how they communicate. I got to see, uh, of close and personal, some internal communications between executives and how they talk to each other and how they talk about their workers. Oh boy. Um, I'm sure that was C-level executives, opening some emails. I mean, they, yeah, the amount of times. And like, I know that this is like a term that's used in business school, but the fact that like these rich executives cannot use any term, but human capital for their workers. It just, oh. it, and it's every single business, human capital. That's what they always use. And I get that that's an official term, but it's just even in casual conversation. Uh, yeah. They're like, well, what's our human capital looking like? And like, oh, let's cut back on human capital. Fucking that means disgusting. firing people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so fucking disgusting. Uh, it, 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 and, and these people are making a lot of money. Um, and, and they would, uh, and, and, you know, these were in, I, these were like, you know, lesser known companies, some of them, and some like much bigger companies. I got to work on some like really big companies and see how much money people were getting paid. And you'd also see like, I don't know how many of them were related to each other. Uh, how many like, and also like in company in like places like Massachusetts and new England, how many people have last names like Kennedy or Rockefeller, mm, just like yeah. a lesser Kennedy or a lesser uh -huh. Rockefeller working like, and, and they would be these like bullshit executive jobs that like, Oh, you get like $500,000 a month to just like say we have a Kennedy on the board. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that makes sense. And, and that probably is worth it financially for the company, mm -hmm. like for whatever, like lobbying they're doing. But like for a guy who's like in his office, like knowing as soon as I get off this shift, I'm going to go wash dishes until 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, man, it was like, I, I mean, I wanted to punch a wall that, yeah, that, that sounds, you know, obviously you're, you're having the veil pulled back a little bit and, you know, it's kind of these, these things maybe that we suspected or, you know, we had an inkling of, of how terrible the, uh, you know, corruption or nepotism and whatever, all, all that at the top is. Um, but seeing those numbers day in and day out. It, I mean, it really must take a toll on your mental health. Like that would, that would drive me crazy, and and it would fit probably pretty demoralizing because you're like, I mean, obviously you know how much they're paying you, they know how much they're paying you, and it's just like, I don't know. It, it's it's just the 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 disconnect is is so extreme. It it, it really is, and it was a. A situation where I would always ask them, like, can I do, like, anything else? And they were like, no, we'll get you off this. And the whole time I worked there, it was always, don't worry. That's when we get around to summer, you're going to get a full-time position. We'll, like, move you to, like, some more interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, you know, again, I'm not, you know, I wasn't born yesterday. I know that's not a guarantee. But, like, that I, I did. I was working really hard, and I was doing a really good job. And I was like, I really need this. So I worked my ass off. Like, I was the best at it. Like I was really, really good at it. Um, um, and it, it actually does take some deciphering to figure out cause they really do hide those numbers. Um, 
I'm sure. One thing I had to do, and this this was this was my one of my favorites, was I had to do a report on uh, median pay versus CEO and president pay, um, and how many times it was. And in the in the, our company policy was as long as it like was in the range of like seventy five to hundred times your median employee's pay was the CEO's pay. And this is just salary to be clear. This isn't like benefits and shit, like <laughs> which is where the real money is. Yeah. As long as that was where it was, then that was a company that had like good um, compensation practices. Oh my God. Um, and to be clear, the real money is not in their salaries. The real money is in their stocks. Yeah. Like that's where they get their, which is crazy. You'll see all these like CEOs who at, during COVID were like, I'm not going to take a salary. And it's like their salary is a fraction of the money they make. Like, yep. uh, uh, they, they get these huge, they get these huge stock grants and they cash them and they make a shit ton of money. And the thing is they're like, they have inside baseball. They know when their company is doing well and doing poorly and they do know when to buy and when to sell. Like it, it, I mean, like, it's obviously like not, you know, an original thought to say like it's rigged, but it is rigged as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, just across the board, it sounds like, and mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, you, you got a front row seat to uh, seeing that. And, and I mean, like, yeah, all, all those CEOs saying they're not taking a, a, a salary. It's like, oh, man, you're so fucking brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. They they just have the, the are they really that disconnected or do they know that they're fucking swindling everybody but don't care? Like probably depends on the person and the yeah. conversation i would have with like one of my coworkers a few times was like like here's the thing and if you want to be rich it's not technically unachievable but you got to be one of these guys mm-hmm. like you you don't it's it's like it's very difficult to achieve not everyone's going to get it no matter how hard you work but best case scenario i worked my ass off to be rich and i have to just become one of these freaks who sits around and talks about people as uh, human capital exactly like, and it's like that's the way you get rich you know uh in uh, it and, and you know it's very illuminating but um I, and and i was also told this is this is wild i was also told by people um that i worked for i was like strongly suggested they're like listen you get given sick days they're like but if you really want to get a full-time job you know i, I wouldn't suggest you taking your sick days <laughs> um Oh, after this and i was like i really needed a job so like i didn't like i really like i had like and the funny thing is when i got the job they really like they they lauded constantly their like generous sick time that they were given that the and like your generous leave yeah that like paid leave and it was quite generous in a vacuum compared to like your average job <laughs> yeah. but when when they're telling you all the time your job is at stake if you take the benefit that we like gave you when you took this job uh, it, it ceases to look as rosy. No, you know? it does. That doesn't count. You know, it's like yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's extremely frustrating. But I, I finally, summer rolls around after working there for a long time. The season slows down, as they call it. The season is like when everyone's filing F fourteen A reports. Um, and um, yeah, I am uh, like, I'm like, okay, well, okay, so like, am I going to interview for like this like full time position? When I tell you I didn't even get an interview, they go. They just ghosted me. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. They're dead, like a dead serious. And 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 I eventually applied to another job at the same company, 
because I'm like, I'm getting something. Like I know, and I'm like emailing people I knew there. Yeah. And like, some of them were like, I literally like, and the people I knew there, most of them were people who had the same position I did. They uh-huh. all had the exact same experience as me. I don't know anyone who got hired. They, every, every single person, there were like 20 of us. We were all told we need to hire like 30 people. Uh, there are 20 of us. We were doing the math. That's pretty good. None of us got hired. None of us, 20 of us. And we did a great job. Like I, I it's, like we did a really good job. Um, I would know it if we did a bad job. They would tell you if you did a bad job. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, they they would make you know it. Uh, and and I applied for another job at that company because I'm like surely I actually managed to score an interview at that company doing a di- in a different position, a different department. Okay. Um, doing ESG stuff. Uh, and I get one interview with them, and they're very like. And at the interview, they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry about that. There was like a lot of confusion in the department, but you seem like a shoe in for this." We'll let you know by next week. Next week rolls around. I don't get an email. I email back. No response. It's like three weeks. And then I finally get a form rejection email from them. <laughs> like, uh, like just a form, whatever. Like, we regret to inform you, whatever. And I never am able to get, like, another response from them ever again. So, ah, oh, man. Wild. And this that, company is yeah. worth tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> that's... They they were obviously lying from the get go, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. why? I mean, no. but just like why? Why? Like why do they think they have to do that? Like I don't know because I would have taken. The, I was like I said, you you just heard the reason. I would have taken it whether or not they promised me stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess because yeah. they didn't want me to take sick days. Like I really think that's what it is, and because they wanted to extract the maximum amount of work from me. Yeah, because you know, um. They would say things like, listen, um, we don't require more than three reports a day, but like five reports a day is like, you know, is like salaried full time, like position kind of material. Right. And so, you know, you bet your ass I was turning out five reports a day. Sure. Of course. Yeah. And, and I and I and my only logic is that that's why. Because they can't reasonably ask for more than three a day because that was an unreasonable ask. Uh, because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of math. Um, but they knew if people like had hopes of something, um, it's five a day. And, um, and then, and, and you want to know, and, and what, what's extra funny is they, they not a few months ago reached out to me with an email trying to get me to come back to my old job. <laughs> and I, I now have a job that I, I like and, uh, uh, and, and it is, and I just like, I didn't respond to the email, but I was like the email. I like, I was like half typing up in my brain was just scathing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, but then I, I was like, you know what, what's the point? You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's, it's not worth it, but I mean, you're totally within your right to just fucking ream them out. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously but at the end things, of the day, this is a massive corporation yeah. with a lot of reach. I'm just like, I'm sure. not going to make an enemy, but like what I just the absolute. And it was like an email, like, remember us, we had a great relationship. And I was like, I want, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. I mean, that's kind of like the that's like the the natural endpoint or close to it from you know, like looking at your employees as human capital. Just like, oh yeah, we can mm-hmm. just treat these guys however we want because they're not real. They're just our little you know toy soldiers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the um, part of the like the the bad side of like remote work right because remote work has a lot of advantages for the um worker for obvious yeah. reasons you know yeah. there's a lot of like not having to make a commute is huge you know being able 
able to do things at home is huge. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I don't doubt, discount that. I get why people like to work from home. And I, I, I and I do a lot of days um, now. However, there is like this, like, there is this convenience um, for, you know, um, these huge companies to be able to just like put out these mass job asks and just like gather like, you know, and, and, and find the people work willing to work for the absolute cheapest anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world. Um, and they don't ever really have to see them or talk to them. And they're a dime a dozen. And, and, you know, people like me, like just as long as they have like a working internet connection, they can work these fairly, you know, you know, they, 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 it takes like intelligence, but it, it wasn't like a job where like it took a lot of creativity or anything. Once mm-hmm. you teach someone how to do it, if they've got the knack for it, they've got the knack for it. And you've got um, and, and and you can, and and for them they can build this like network that they can extract from, and they can easily lop off you know large parts of the networks in ways that like you know they don't have to look me in the eye and tell me, um, and tell me the things that they are like they can just send a form rejection letter, sure. they can click a button and send out ten thousand of those things, and they never have to you know think about it. That's a great point, you know? and that's. And that's the weird side of it. That's like why I have like some skepticism about like the remote work model, not like in completely just like, as in like the way that it can be exploited and the way people can be used. It's also interesting because um, people based in like states with higher minimum wages can use it to get around, get around that by hiring people from states with lower minimum wages. Definitely. Um, And they can also just do it in other countries and pay them like nothing. Like if, if there are no minimum wage laws, I mean, we already see that with like India and customer service and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's super true. And I, I mean, yeah, there, there is a, uh, like a depersonalization, um, when, when, yeah, you don't ever see your, your employees or, you know, even if it's just via the screen, it's, it's, uh, yeah, the, the, that personal element is, is gone. And, and yeah, there can be, a, um, you know, a, a lack of viewing them as, as an actual person with, with needs and, you know, um, so easier to treat them as, as human capital, I guess, if you will. But, uh, but that's, that's absolutely insane. Yeah. But, um, you know, fortunately I, I, I kept, you know, holding on with like a little money I had from there and a little money that I had from Chili's and, um, you know, I, um, I found a position. Um, I found a position working as a researcher, um, for, for, um, you know, community college system, um, and working on like, um, working on like curriculum and working on like just different projects and stuff. I won't go too much into it. Um, and that's my current job. And I, uh, you know, was naturally pretty skeptical and it was in Atlanta. It was far away, but, uh, you know, I saw the posting my, I believe it was my husband who found the posting and Sydney was like, you got to like check this out. Um, nice. And I did. And it's, and I've and as I said at the top of the show, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. It was just a posting that like, happened to work out and i happened to go in and i happened to click with the people and you know it's it's not like um and uh it's i i don't really know how it happened but i ended up landing this job now that i'm you know i've been at for about a year um i see no reason i'll have to leave i've got a salary and it's and i'm i'm, I'm doing well and i'm and it and what's great about it is 
it gives me the time um gives me the time and the stability to you know like invest in the community and to do the like activism and 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 organizing that i really love you know it that's gives me awesome yeah the time to do that and that gives me and when and when organizing isn't too busy it gives me time to write and obviously time to do the podcast and it's just not a thing i could have feasibly done a couple of years ago it just wouldn't have been possible no um yeah like even if i had free time i was just a fucking mess like even even when I had my like couple hours off, I was still like staring at a wall, like miserable, um, because I my brain was going like thirty directions. Yeah, um, and now like there's stability, and, and again, I'm like I'm still like a working person, and like I'm still like you know paying way too much in rent, and I'm still like you know okay, I'm you know I, I I'm, I'm I'm not like uh, I didn't like hit the lottery or anything, but I now have a modicum of stability. Which is great because I'm now able to, you know, invest in people and, and try and get that for them and try and, you know, build a world where people just don't have to deal with this bullshit. And, you know, I don't know what the future holds. I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm smart enough to know that, like, I don't know that I'll have this job forever. But right now I think I'm doing a good job at it. I think they like me there. Um, who knows? Um, who knows if I'll, you know, there a time will come where. Our whole department, I mean, like, you know, our whole department could get cut tomorrow. Like, I don't know. Sure. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't, I don't know the, the, the winds of fate as it is. I have, I'm perfectly aware that these decisions are made on real and really, really higher, way higher up than we can like really even, we even realize and, and, and they have cascading effects, but I'm very grateful to be where I am right now. Um, and, um, Definitely. Um, I don't know. I don't have advice, but I, I do have just, you know, appreciation. Yeah, no, I think I, I think that's um I I you know, totally accurate. Like it could it could slip out of your fingers any second, but but um you know, good to appreciate what you have while you have it. And that's kind of like what I'm what what I'm kind of thinking nowadays is like, you know, there are these like good situations these good jobs that that do exist and for me i'm just kind of like trying to to like find a window that i can sneak through to get you know to get into one like i feel like it's you just kind of gotta search around and kind of uh eventually after you know you try enough uh crappy jobs you will jump into one that's that's decent and uh it's like we're not asking for a lot you know like like you said you know it's 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 not a lottery ticket but um and and to like be clear like i would have been fine working somewhere like chili's yeah like forever if i was getting paid a decent wage you know yeah yeah if i was getting paid a decent wage to wash dishes I would be happy to wash dishes. Like I don't, like I said at the earlier, I like manual labor and stuff. I don't like like having bosses that are assholes. Yeah. But like, um, and I don't like getting paid $10 an hour to do, uh, work that's value way more valuable than that. Um, but like, it's not like, and I also think that's a thing people don't realize is like, I don't think, I think there's a lot of people who don't realize like how many people would be very, you know, happy to do very simple, necessary, socially reproductive, useful work. Um, if they just like, if those positions that keep the wheels turning were like compensated remotely fairly. Exactly. 
but you know they've got this massive army of people who are clamoring for work and um i mean that's that's you know that's the way just like the whole i mean that's the way a for-profit system works that's the way a capitalist system works it's not not anything new i'm not the guy to discover that or anything but we all have our own have our own moment where we say oh i've read the like books that like talk about this in theory and now i'm seeing in practice what this literally looks like you know yeah no i mean that you're you're right that's uh i mean damn yeah uh but i think that's a good segue into um you know maybe talking about uh, you know what you're doing now what you kind of have the time and energy to do now with uh organizing in the community you know i know we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier um but uh you know you you are in georgia which is Mm. definitely a hotbed of of activity these days Yes, so, and also just hot. Period. Yeah, and and just hot, hot. and it, it's just very warm weather. Um, so so yeah, I mean yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the the project you're working on on uh, currently? Sure, and I'm and, and and we I try and stay pretty active. Um, and um, I am uh, I I am involved and very proudly involved with an organization called the PSL Party for Socialism and Liberation. Nice. Um, I do not speak. On here for the party i'm speaking as jacob i'm uh, just to be clear um and you know i just you know the same way you know the classically i don't my opinions represent that of myself not my employer kind of thing they're not my employer but you know i just want to like you know be clear with that when i talk about like sure know, doing activism yeah i'm just talking from my personal experience and everyone has their own experience with it but it's been a great organization a very principled organization with which to do uh, good and principled work, you know, with which to to stay active in the community. And a, a thing that's happening right now, um, and I can just talk about the problem primarily because um, the the solution is, if not clear, then and then simple. Um, the the a big problem, and it's facing the whole United States, but Georgia, it's it's been really particularly problematic. Is the problem of rising rents? Uh, uh, you know, there's a million and one problems. Um, and but when you're like picking a problem that like what are you gonna like organize around? What are you gonna like get the people out around? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's like well, what is hitting literally everyone or literally ninety nine point nine percent of people? You know, um, and and they see it because a lot of people don't see that stuff doesn't affect them affects them directly. You know, it takes a little more education. It takes a little more like sure. personal experience. Yeah, um, there is nobody who pays rent who doesn't realize that. that it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like the, 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 just the whole thing. Uh, even if you're in like a comfortable situation, especially if you're in a state like Georgia that has no renter protection at all, uh, in, in, in any way, no protector for tenant unions, no protection. There's no rent control laws. A landlord could tell you tomorrow, your rent's going up by a thousand dollars. You have no, you have no legal recourse. It's it, there's, there's nothing. It's got the, there's by some arguments, Georgia has the worst, uh, tenant, uh, laws like protection laws in the country. There's a couple other states that are in the running. There are neighbors, <laughs> funnily enough, mostly. Uh, so fucked you know, up. But it's and it's it's a it's a harsh situation. But Atlanta is and, and, and honestly, it's like it's always been a problem. But Atlanta has grown so significantly over the last few years. It's going to continue to grow. Um, and I love Atlanta. That's where I live now. Uh, I love Atlanta. Don't plan on leaving. I think it's a great city. Um, I don't have a problem with the fact that people are moving here. I get it. Um, but developers will buy up, you know, houses in mass. And some of these developers are 
companies that I literally see how much their CEO have seen how much their CEOs make. There's 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 one there's one in particular uh, that 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 is big in Georgia that I I've seen seen how the numbers tick on the inside, um, and they they buy up apartments and they jack up the prices to significant amounts and uh you know it's a it's a classic gentrification thing but it's also a you know just squeezing the people who live here yep and it, it leads to you know homelessness going up it leads to just that insecurity and it also leads to what i was talking about earlier about like being in that space where you're working a million positions and you never feel secure and even when you're at home you're like twitching and looking at a wall and you can't enjoy the thing enjoy your life like so many people deal with that just like because of things like their rent going up by so yeah, much absolutely. because it could tomorrow, you know, um, even if you are comfortable, you don't know how long you're going to be comfortable. There's no security. Um, there's almost no way to force people to do things like repairs, to do things like basic, you know, their, their job. The uh, police here are very aggressive. Uh, you may, if you've been following anything about Atlanta police, they are, they're, they're nuts. Uh, they've been doing a whole lot recently. Yep. That's a whole different thing. Um, but they they will they ride or die for the landlords and they will crack down on anyone who does anything. And it, it's a real it's a real mess. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of solutions to it. There's a lot of things that can be worked on. Obviously, like more public housing is great, that kind of thing. But primarily a thing that we've been working on here in Georgia. And it's a big coalition. It's a lot of people we are working on trying to get some just just baseline rent control for Georgia. Some baseline, you cannot raise the rent by more than 2% in a year or, or some percentage, like keeping up with inflation, mm-hmm. like a, a pretty basic like level of, 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 of rental protection that in some places would see, be seen as completely like common sense. Um, however, in Georgia, since the 1980s, there's been a, literally a ban on rent control that was passed, like even on a city level or a county or municipality cannot wow. do it, even on a city level, which... It, Georgia politicians love to talk a big game about like the rights of the state and the rights of the city and the rights of the small. And it's mostly just them like calling back to the Confederacy because they're fucking racist. But sure. um, But they love to talk about that. Talk about states rights and cities rights and the like small town rights. But the small towns, if they are getting overrun by a gigantic developer, have no legal recourse to fight back against them. Mm-hmm. Not on a, the government because 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 of these same politicians who will talk to their blue in the face about how they protect small town America. Um, and it's obviously the same with big town like Atlanta, like Savannah, like Athens. Yeah, um, yeah, across the board. And the rents rising here rapidly. And it's a thing that we've been organizing around. What do you know when this episode will come out? Because um, I think I'm planning for um, next Monday. Okay, well, if it does, um, like as in day after tomorrow, or as in like next week? Next week. Okay. Um, well, this event will already have happened by the time you listen to this, but uh, check out uh, check out the uh, rent control town hall that happened uh, a few days before before this comes out because it's gonna be it's gonna be a really cool event that we're 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 having in uh, having here in Atlanta. It's gonna be big. We're bringing out a lot of organizations. We're building a coalition around this thing. We're getting the ball rolling, and it's a situation where it's like, man, we're not we're not outnumbered. Like we are just badly outorganized. Um, yeah, and we have. I mean, every everyone is not correct, but I mean, I do outreach on this every day for the last month, and everyone agrees. I mean, everyone I talk to, um, it's 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 not like in 
no matter where people even fall on the political spectrum or completely apolitical or whatever, they hear some kind of relief and, and they are like some kind of common sense relief and they are just like ready to go. Um, so it's very, you know, it's very ripe for, you know, change. And it's a thing that I've been like, you know, honored to do work on. Um, and it's going to be, you know, a hard, long fight. And I, I can't tell you where it's going to go. I can't tell you what the plans are. I'm not, you know, I'm not like a leader of this like movement or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing the groundwork. I'm passing out the flyers. I'm having the conversations. Um, um, and I'm happy to do that. Um, so I can't, I can't really talk tactics on like what our like grandiose plan is. I know there's a lot of people working on that, but I can say that, um, uh, it needs to be done. It needs to be done everywhere. Um, I mean, I, I'm a fundamental believer in housing as a human right. Um, um, that rent control is the bare minimum, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but hell, we got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think this is a great place to start. And, and yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a, a major unifier because, you know, across the political spectrum, people are kind of getting blood dry. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something we can, we can all, or most most of us can agree on that are in this situation. Um, right. And, and I think- it's a thing your podcast sort of understands, I think, is is that really politics needs to be reframed as not this like it's it's framed the wrong way. What it needs to be framed as this thing of like there are workers and there are owners, you know? Like yeah. there are the exploited and there are exploiters, and obviously there's different levels of exploitation and stuff, but like and in and, and a lot of what happens in politics divides people and makes them not realize that. And they get caught up on like bullshit and they don't realize, um, you know, they're blaming their neighbor for the problem that y'all were both working for the same guy and your uh, house is both owned by the same guy. And y'all really should be joining hands and, and forgetting about this other bullshit, you know, exactly. and, that's, and, and that's, and that's the thing we really try to stress um, because like a lot of like, and, you know, I think a lot of the real, like, bigotry that exists in, like, American society is blaming the wrong people for your problems. Blaming, you know, the immigrant for not having a good job. The immigrant, the, 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 the Mexican immigrant did not, is not the guy who's sitting in the boardroom referring to people as human capital. He's right there next to you, yep. sweating with you. Um, yep. You know, blaming, you know, uh, uh, like, I mean, like, you get the idea, but, like, blaming you know, this, that, or the other, when it, like, it's a very clear solution. There's a very clear problem. Um, and we have to, you know, as a, uh, whatever you want to call it, whether you want to do like the old lefty proletariat kind of thing, or just say working class or say working people or whatever you want to call it. Like we have to be a unified, uh, we have to be unified. We have to work together. We have to realize like, now we've got a common enemy and there's not that many of them. Like there really isn't like, and there were a lot of us. And if we just like, you know what I mean, and you see like the and, and people are realizing it. Like you see these union struggles that are popping off, and like, and it's growing. And you know, right now we're waiting to see is, is the UPS gonna, is UPS going to go on strike? Because that'll be crazy if they do. And uh, you know, it's it's very exciting. And uh, and I'm I'm lucky once again. I've used that word a lot, but I'm lucky to be able to engage in that work. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and I think you're absolutely right. And and it's um, you know, I, I think it's people are waking up and, and and realizing it um but to drive the point home like that kind of um you know you know pinning each other to 
to certain sides and pinning us against each other is that's all by design obviously you know it's it's um no doubt yeah it's intentional to keep us divided because you know i mean in some way shape or form uh you know the elite do do know what they are doing and and they they are uh organized very very cleverly and um you know they're they're for the vast majority of them they're all they're on the same team and so we need to be too um so I i think that's a good way to boil it down um but yeah no you're doing great work i think that's awesome i i'd love to hear um updates you know um if you have any uh and and actually you know what since this, this is a time sensitive ish thing um you know if you're listening to this now um we, i i am going to put this out on this this coming monday so just so uh, it can be a bit more um up to date because the other episode is is not time sensitive so so yeah we'll put this out on on this coming monday um but yeah i mean is is there anything else that that uh, you wanted to say about the organizing or um you know shout out in that regard? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of good work happening. What I what I would just tell people is, um, in my my, if you have the capacity to, and and that's a big if, um, because like I said, there's time in my life not too long ago where I did not. If you have the capacity to to join an organization, that that is. That is the best thing you could do. Um, there's a lot of great organizations, a lot of different types, whether that be a union, whether that, you know, whether that be like a political party. Like I said, I'm a member of the PSL, very proud of it. Um, but but um, to be a part of an organization and to work with other people um, and, and, and to learn from other people and to get better and to be directed and to be in communication, uh, then that, that's, that's the way to do it because like, it is very easy – it, it, it is very easy to be an island. It is very easy to feel atomized. That's what these bullshit jobs do to us. Yes. That's what just the way the world works. And we have to like actively and consciously push back on that. Um, or, or, or we will remain atomized. We will become more and more atomized. And, um, you know, I, I sincerely believe in the power of organization, the power of unity. So I, I really would recommend everyone do that. Um, and if you're not in a time in your life where you have that time, you know, do what you can, you know, uh, uh, do, do what you can, um, do what you can, with what what you can have. yeah, exactly right. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's exactly right. But I, I really think, um, I really think we're going to see some, we're, we're, we're going to see, uh, some interesting stuff in the coming years with the labor movement. We're going to see some really interesting things, you know, with housing movement. Uh, we're going to see a lot of interesting things in general and, and some of it's going to suck. Um, um, because like a lot of new things that are happening sucks, but like every bad thing that happens, um, provides us all an opportunity to, you know, make change. Like every crisis comes with an opportunity for, or for, uh, transformation. And, uh, I think that's something that we got to keep in mind. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very true. Don't, don't let how bleak it is out there, you know, f- trick you into thinking you can't do anything. Um, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Because like the fact that it's bleak, like the fact that it feels bleak means that like things are in a state of flux. And that means that things are moving towards a place where like, Hey, we can make a change, but I'll say it again. Gotta be organized. Hell yeah. And, uh, before we wrap things up, um, you know, please, the floor is yours. If you have anything else you want to plug, but I'd love to hear more about, um, the socialist shelf and what you got on the, 
on the uh, calendar coming up with with uh, the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Socialist Shelf, like I said earlier, we talk about novels. We have a lot of fun with it. We, uh, you know, we, we get into we we do a wide variety of stuff, and we really just we get in. We both love books. We both we're both writers. Joss is still on the ghost writing kick. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's got a little bit he's he's got a he's got a little bit more like of a steady thing going than I did, but it's still like he's still in that very much in that in that in that same vein. Um and he's great. Um nice. we, we have a we have fun dynamic. We both organize together on almost a daily basis and then we come home and we get on Zoom and talk it out, talk about books. Um so we I think we have a fun dynamic. We've been growing like fairly consistently, so like people clearly like what we do. Um, we try and have some fun guests on. We actually are um, pretty excited. It's not going to be for a couple weeks. We're recording next week, but we're going to have Josh from uh, the podcast Worst of All Possible Worlds on. Nice. Um, so I'm very excited about that. That's a great show. Uh, and uh, we're just, you know, trying to engage with the literature, saying what it tells us about ourselves. You know, uh, if you've not read a book, we try and do like a really good summary. Um, we make the joke that like if you've not read the book, we try to. Uh, we try to make it so you can convincingly act like you have not <laughs> endorsing yeah. that, but, uh, but not endorsing it, but you know, Perfect to uh, have a book report you haven't done. I've been guilty before. We'll <laughs> definitely give you some analysis. Uh, we'll give you some fun ideas on it, but yeah, we have fun with it. And that's, uh, and, 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 and it's, uh, you know, I'm not a podcaster, but I do like podcasting, you know? Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I think you're, you're doing a great job so far. So, uh, you know, but yeah, social shelf. Check us out on Twitter for as long as that thing's hanging on, um, and check us out just like mostly just like on Spotify, Apple yeah. Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. YouTube coming soon. But yeah, we really appreciate y'all checking it out. Send us a uh, send us a book recommendation. We we love good books and we really love bad books too. We love getting <laughs> into some just garbage literature. It's also fun. Yeah, that can be fun for sure. I will uh, link to all of your socials in the uh, episode description um but hey thank you so much for coming on the podcast i really really appreciate it of course appreciate yeah anytime yeah yeah uh, we we need to get we need to get you on a social shelf sometime yeah i i would love to come on my 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 buddies in uh chapter chumps uh, you know would also love to come on when that time comes so so yeah i mean that would be awesome uh let's let's definitely keep in touch jacob absolutely Okie dokie, Artichoke. That's all she wrote. Thank you again to Jacob for taking the time out to chat with me. Really appreciate it. Um, definitely go and check out The Socialist Shelf. Um, I have it linked in the show notes. It's a very good podcast. I think you will enjoy it. And maybe it'll get you to start reading a bit more. How cool would that be? And yeah, you know, if, if you are a job jumper... I am about to go very hard on recruiting, kind of like the military does. I'm going to be recruiting my army of job jumpers to come on my podcast and tell me your stories. Please reach out. You can email me at jobjumperspod at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at jobjumperspod on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, I myself am on Blue Sky uh, at Connor Clockwise. Um, you can hit me up there if you want, wherever. Um, and yeah, you know, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, all good things that I would much appreciate. 
Um, but hey, we'll be back next week. And until then, folks, keep jumping. <laughs>